Welcome to the Revision Path podcast, brought to you by Revision Path, a showcase of the world's black graphic designers, web designers, and web developers. I'm Maurice Cherry, and this week I have a great interview with Nathaniel Deal, a front-end web developer here in Atlanta, Georgia. We talked about his motivations, mobile design and development, and a lot of other topics. If you like this interview, make sure to check out the other interviews on revisionpath.com. Enjoy. So tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, Okay, so I am a front-end developer. Um, I work uh, right now as a contractor for a couple companies in Atlanta. And I do mostly responsive design um, and development for small businesses and educational type stuff. Okay. Yeah, I got a chance to take a look at your at your website, which is is really phenomenal. You did a really great job on that, and I see that it's also been recognized a few places around the web as well. So it's good that the community is also seeing your talent. Yeah. Um, can you hear me? I got a pro. Yeah, I, I can hear you. Sorry, I was trying to read something. Um, there's. A, I got approached by um, awards to uh, uh-huh. submit it, but I, did, I guess I didn't win. But it got submitted, and uh, that gave me a little exposure. And then I wrote a couple articles, which uh, brought some people over. So um, it's just really up because it's just something I wanted to put up. It's not. It's not. I'm not trying to get a job from it or anything. It's just something I wanted to do. Mhm. Yeah, I think I was reading some comments and people were saying, "Oh, well, it's a, it's a website, but it's not a portfolio. So how can we see sort of what your your work is?" But I think sometimes it's just good to have, you know, if you're a designer, I think it's just good to have your site or something up under your name, you know, for branding purposes, because you never yeah, know when when you're going to need it. As a contractor, you can't really claim the work that you're working on. So the website is the work that I work on. Right. I, that's that's why there's no portfolio. I mean, I I don't want to put other people's stuff up. You know, it's theirs. They're marketing with it. It's But the website was built as a portfolio. It's like everything that I know that I can do, I put into the website. I got you. Okay. Um. So was was creativity like a big part of your childhood? Like how did you get started sort of in in design? Was it something you were always interested in? No, actually I was uh more interested in math and stuff like that. Um I really didn't get into design until uh probably 20s out of right in college. Uh-huh. Uh I wasn't creative uh, I was mechanical, so I went to school for engineering, and that's just how I thought, thought numbers. And then uh, okay, I learned a lot of programming, and then design came afterwards. Do you think your, your engineering and math background has sort of helped out with that? Yeah, because I like to think in uh, shapes and not really uh, – I can't draw at all. <laughs> I can only uh-huh. design in uh in using, you know, uh some kind of tool. So um yeah, I think I think the the tools 
help me make you know make the the shapes that I'm looking for. But other than that, I don't really go to the sketch pad that much. I got you. Okay. Uh, so when I was doing research for the interview, one one image that I came across was your was your workstation setup, and it, I saw a photo of it. I think it was on your Twitter profile. It was it was pretty pretty intense. Can you tell us a little bit about that setup and everything that you're sort of using when you do your responsive design? Uh, the picture. Let me go look. I'm, I don't know what picture it is. Uh, oh, it's it's um. I think it's like you have a monitor, you've got a MacBook Pro, there's a, a Acer tablet, there's an iPad mini, there's an a iPhone, there's a BlackBerry, and you've got it all set up on different tiers on a workstation. Oh, yes, yes. That is – okay, I found the picture. That's a while ago. That's – um. what was I doing that day? I think it was app testing. Um, that – that's usually how my desk is actually set up now while I'm looking at it. It's about, you know, five <laughs> or six devices around me so I can just have them. They're all connected through a tool that I use um, that's embedded into Chrome. And when you update your website, it uh, updates on the, uh, the on the devices. So that's why they're all – they're usually on and working. But I kind of took this picture for some other reason, I think. Not really sure. Is it uh, – what, what's the tool that you use? Is it Adobe Edge Inspect? No, I don't use uh, Edge Inspect because it doesn't work on BlackBerry or Windows. Or okay, I don't think it works on BlackBerry or Windows. I use a different tool that a guy um, created in. He's from Helinski, Finland, mm -hmm. and it's uh, what's the name of it? Sorry, the name of it is. something labs remote preview so it's uh preview. yeah remote preview he he created it in um and put it on github and it basically uses a, a iframe that and a text file and you have a control page and when you go to the control page you put in your name or the name of the website and that you then you take all your devices and point them to the, the showing page i guess the view page and then when you enter something into the control page, it saves to a text file uh, via JavaScript, and then the view page reads from an iframe that takes that text file and puts it onto the device. So then you can just type in whatever you want, and all your devices will uh, update within seconds. So oh, it doesn't matter. Nice. As long as it has a browser, you know, I can test a Kindle uh, ink with one. Oh. So. Do you find that it's for your responsive design, is it easier to do device testing rather than, like, device emulation on the desktop? Yeah, I started with emulation, and I figured, and I was, I was wrong. They were, they were broken. They wouldn't, you know, your thumbs don't reach at the top of the screen. So if you uh -huh. you don't see that type of stuff, you grab it, and you're like, well, why am I reaching this button way over here when, you know, my thumb's right. down here? So you kind of think differently. But um, I got that's, you. yeah, I, I don't think emulators are, are good at all. Okay. Yeah, I would see sort of if you're using a device, uh, because you, you have different behaviors, I think, when you're on mobile than as opposed to when you're on a desktop or a laptop, you're using a keyboard or a touchpad or a mouse, whereas on yeah, a mouse. phone, you know, you might use a, a touchscreen or you're using a trackball or, you know, even if you've got one of those larger phone tablet 
hybrids, you're using a stylus or something, so the behaviors are kind of different. So I, I could see how it would be easier if you're doing it on the device uh, rather than emulation because you sort of see how those behaviors affect the design. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what you don't see. You know, you can see the functionality is it working stuff on the emulators, but you you know, you know, the colors a lot of devices show things different colors and and it's just a lot different, especially when you get into the retina devices and stuff like that. That you can't right. see that stuff on your screen because your screen is retina. I got you. How do you uh keep motivated and inspired? Um, Twitter. Uh, I stay on Twitter a lot, following who I think is the best in um, design and, and development and SEO. And I just, you know, keep up with them. They're always, you know, telling everybody what they do, and I just follow it and make sure I can do it too. Okay. Uh, who are, are some of your your influences? Have you had any any mentors that kind of helped you out along the way? Um, uh, not really. Um. Uh, I guess uh Luke Luke W, I can't say his last name. Uh he's okay. he's really he's a really good uh device guy. He's always trying to expose uh, different ways to to test devices and, and and stats, you know, who uses these devices and why they use the devices. So he's uh he's been a big influence um as far as responsive and there's a couple other people, you know, who write books, there's some there's some guys I hang out with in Atlanta that work at MailChimp and, you know, just surround yourself with the people that are doing what you do, but, you know, love to do it too. So I, it, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. It's, I don't think I'll ever stop doing this. Okay. Speaking of, of, of MailChimp, are you involved a lot in the local design community here? I go to the meetups, uh, some of them. Um, I'm actually a part of the web design meetup board. Um, mm-hmm. But Is that, is that the Atlanta web design group? Yeah, yeah. But okay. I, don't, I don't go as much because I moved out of the city, um, kind of on the edge now. So, uh-huh. but I still keep in, you know, still keep in touch with everybody here. I'm trying to, trying to just be in sync with every, all the designers, um, uh, through LinkedIn, through Twitter, through however I can find them, Dribble, and uh, make sure that we have a good community because we can always bounce stuff off each other. Okay. Yeah, I've been to, I think, a couple of the Atlanta web design groups. I know for a while they were sort of moving the locations around a lot. Um, they were yeah. at the Portfolio Center. I don't know if they're still doing meetups there. Uh, but I haven't uh, they're been everywhere one. now. I've been about a year or so. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of everywhere. So I try to find the ones uh, that are somewhat close to me. I'm I'm in town, but it's just trying to find out where they are. Sometimes I can't necessarily attend it, but they did. They really have have good speakers. Um, mm-hmm. I know that uh, Jay Cornelius is kind of one that heads that up, and he does a lot here in the local community too. So tell me a little bit about your your typical kind of tech or design conference experience. I see where you've been to a few, like uh, Responsive Web Design Summit, which I think was was all online. But you didn't you also right. go to Remix South, I believe, one year. I was at Remix, and I've been to a lot. I just didn't start doing uh, the kind of the blog thing, 
until um, recently. But I always tweeted about it. I'd always, you know, sit there and tweet all the great stuff that I was hearing. I don't know if that makes them mad or not that, you know, everything's going out live as soon as everybody in the room hears it. But um, mm-hmm. I'm going to front-end design uh, next weekend, the weekend after next, and I'm going to do the same thing. So, um, you know, it's just – it's 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 almost like harder than a day at work at one of those things because you just have to be – so attentive at the same time you have to uh mingle and talk to people and and make sure that you know everybody knows who you are you know who everybody else is so that when you leave out of there you have connections but at the same time you have to make sure you know everything's going on and and just you know i'm just i work hard i'm tired at the end of the day and then it's like hey free beer you're like all right (laughs) (laughs) uh friend and that's in uh that's in florida right i think yeah that's in um st pete st petersburg Okay. Cool. Uh, what, what, but your usual experience, you say, is kind of a, is it just like keeping up with notes or are you doing a lot of networking also? No, it's, it's at the same time. I mean, I, it's, it's networking, uh, before and then it's, uh, live blogging during and in a break, it's networking and eating. And then it's back to live blogging, and then it's networking, and then it's eating, and then networking, and then it's drinking and networking, and then it's falling up, it's falling asleep, and waking up and doing it all over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've uh, I've been to a few. I know they've they've had some here in Atlanta. Like I know I went to a web afternoon. Um, I think Web Directions North had their conference here either last year or the year before that. But I've also been to, like, some bigger, not necessarily design conferences, but, like, I did South by Southwest one year. Um, yeah. They can, they can be pretty uh, – you, you did South by, too? Yes, yes. Uh, I, I don't think I'll ever go back there. It was craziness. Crazy. <laughs> what, what year did you go? Um, 2011, maybe. Okay, I went in. I, I went to that. I, I presented to. I went in 2010, and it was. I wasn't expecting. Well, I knew it was yeah. going to be a lot of people. I knew that. No, and every year it gets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every year it gets it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it spreads out to more and more hotels and conference rooms yeah. and everything. It can be it can be really hard to try to find. I guess if you, the people that go there and, and are on the panels, of course, you know, they go because they get that speaking opportunity, but it can be hard to network and it's something like that because there's so many people. So many people. It's like a big uh, fiesta. Yeah. <laughs> I know that uh, with South By, at least in the earlier years, there was always this sort of talk about identity with, with, with black people that were going there. So they would talk about, you know, how they feel in terms of black people on the web and black people online. And then that sort of spread out into this larger kind of blacks in tech uh, movement almost. Mm-hmm. And now you've got a lot of different organizations coming up like, like black girls code. Uh, there's black femme coders is another one. They have all these different, Oh, new me accelerator, for example. So you've got all these other different uh, kind of organizations at, at some of the conferences that you went to, would you say that it was, that they were pretty diverse when it came to like the speakers and attendees. No, 
I would say it was about 5%. Okay. Why do you yeah, think uh, – and it, it's funny because I, I, I would kind of say the same thing, and I know that there's always sort of this uh, – I think it's like a, a perennial call from the tech community about having more diversity, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, we'll do more. But I, I wonder – or I will, I'll, I'll ask you this. What sort of things do you think conferences could do to sort of increase that diversity? Um, and they just need to market differently. Um, most conferences use uh, Facebook, Twitter, you know, just social media to get their stuff uh -huh. out. Um, I guess there's a realm where the black coders and the black designers usually stay, and it's it's not in the same realm as, you know, it's like they would follow – what am I trying to say? They would follow uh, – hip-hop artists and mm -hmm. um, clothing lines, stuff like that. I follow, like, I follow the, you know, creative Twitter, the creative interest. I follow, like, moguls who are doing stuff on the Internet. They follow who they want to be but who they want to work for at the same time. So when I was doing design, like, I call it called design where you just get twenty dollars for anything. And some people they, they start doing this design and they're really good at it, but they never get out of this little bubble of like doing hip hop designs and doing hair extension designs and doing I don't know, all these other different designs that are pay people don't want to pay for but you can get a lot of it and you can be busy but you're never gonna get rich off of it. You just kinda have uh -huh. to like think differently. Um, that is not where you want to be at doing those type of designs. You need to be working on $4,000 designs and not $40 designs. And once you get into that field, then you start seeing people who are actually doing that every day. And yeah, 98% of them are white, but that's if you want to be in the same tax bracket as them, you have to follow them and figure out what they're doing right to, to do it. But, you know, following mm -hmm. Michael Jordan and following Kobe Bryant, that's uh, you know wearing J's and stuff like that. That's just not gonna not gonna get you where you need to be at. So the onus kind of needs to be more on the community to to seek it out, but it also needs yeah. to be, I think, on the conference end to to market to these different. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily different organizations, but just market to these different groups. I know some conferences will they do they maybe advertise on Twitter. Uh, They'll do Facebook. They might also talk to a few design blogs. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a matter of marketing to where the community is. I, I certainly think now more than before, there's more organizations that uh, you sort of have that sort of blacks in tech type uh, congregation of members. So maybe it's right. easier now. I'm not 100% sure. It's. I mean, I'm part of the new me, and I go. I've been to a few meetups, and it's. It's still they're building their own community. Of that's just what they're doing, and people, the conferences don't need to change who they market to because they're they're selling out. All the conferences sell out. They all sell out. Right. So uh -huh. it's a, it's. They don't need to market 
to whoever they they don't need to do that because they know that they're going to get their people anyway. They don't care if you're black or white coming. May, as long as you're paying, coming up and 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 listening. But it's the way that we're thinking is not is that it has to change. They have to. You need to seek that path and not the other path. If if what I tell people whenever they ask me how much you know I should charge on a website, I say start at fifty dollars an hour. Or that's not fifty dollars. Fifty dollars a web page. And then after you do five, go to $100 a web page. And after you do five, go to $200 a web page. And after you do five, go to $400 a web page. And then tell me, mm-hmm. and then come back and tell me if you lost any of your clients. And most of the time, people <laughs> will get up to $400 a web page and still have clients to work with. But those clients are going to be 10 times better because they understand the power of the money that they're giving you and not the power, not that $40, $50 thing where they just want you to work for 40 hours to do, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely nothing. So it's, you have to drive yourself out of the, out of the bracket that you're trying to uh, make money from. You're in the wrong bracket. You need to be in this bracket. And once you get in that bracket, you see those leaders are, you have to figure out what they're doing right. And, you know, you're going to see that they're speaking and then where are they speaking? Let me go there. You're going to end up at all these conferences. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I know, I know I could probably name you the six people, black people, that'll be at the state conference. I can name name Malty. <laughs> okay, name them. <laughs> no, I'm not going to name them. No, 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 name them. I, I want to know. I want to know. All these, the audience can, wants to know, too, you know. I'll, I'll tweet them to you. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? These All these, these black people, I'm pretty sure they're making six, six figures a year. Easy. Doing whatever they want to do. So okay, I hear you. Are are there any uh, conferences that you would want to attend that you haven't been to yet? Are there any that you'd want to maybe speak or present at? Um, I'm kind of to tell you the truth. I'm kind of done with the conference thing. Um, I'm just really going to give information to followers and stuff. I don't learn anything new anymore. It's just like I'm just just regurgitating information. And once you get to that point, uh-huh. you just you just have to seek new paths. You can't really – I'm not really learning much from the conferences at all, I can say. I'm just putting it back out there so in in a form where people can understand it. So okay, you're, you're sort of far, paying it forward. Yeah, as far as, like, which, where I want to go, I kind of just go where I have the most fun, and that would be – you know, I'm not really interested, interested in speaking either. I, um, it's – I don't know. It's, it's a lot of work to just – you know, for one hour, they get I get paid for. Uh-huh. So it's sometimes you get paid. Yeah, but sometimes you get paid, but sometimes you get paid a lot more doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I completely understand that. Uh, I, I understand that a hundred percent. So you said that you're sort of going uh, down some different paths. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, as far as what do you mean by different paths? Well, like in terms of, of what you're doing, I guess with uh, with design and with your career, since you say you're not really doing the the uh, the conference path anymore because you're not learning stuff from the conferences that, that much. I still go to the conferences for networking. That's like the number one thing because you know all the. I definitely when I go to conference, I make it a point to talk to each one of the speakers because I want them to know who I am and I want them to know that I know who they are and that I'm following them and, you know, 
helping them if they need help with anything or or whatever. So I I go for the networking and I go to put out the information that you know that that new information that people need that can't you know afford to go to these things. Put that back out mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm still going to conferences because it's it's fun you know. But I'm not going to learn. Um, as far as my career, I've actually changed um, paths a little bit. Uh, there's a company that I've been working for for a couple of years um, as a contractor, and I'm going to uh, start a design, uh, just a design team around these applications that they're building, and uh, okay. something they never really had in place. And I feel like I'll do a good job uh, doing that. And I went, I reached out to a lot of people last week, and I found some uh, good candidates. So uh, that's where I'll be going, I think, with my career uh, as of now. But I'll still be going to conferences, like I said, and, and learning and on Twitter. And I actually go to school full-time, too. <laughs> and oh, what are, what are you studying? <laughs> oh, uh, wow. <laughs> web, <laughs> web design. Um, and development at full sale, doing the online thing. Okay. So yeah, I'm doing that. How's your how? Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm I'm doing that because um, there are a lot of things that I didn't learn from not going to school for this stuff, uh, like project management, um, how to use Illustrator. Uh, mm-hmm. Copyright laws. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff out there that you think that you know, but you don't until you actually go to school for this stuff and they teach it to you. So I'm a really good designer, a really good developer, but as far as the fundamentals, never took any art classes, never took any copyright classes or law classes. So I never took any illustration classes. So all this stuff that I thought I knew, I didn't know. So I went back to school and from now from there I learned how to use Illustrator, how to uh how to, you know, copyright stuff, how to keep your intellectual property safe, how to uh I don't know, how to do high de- fidelity wireframes from the tip to the bottom, how to do um uh site mapping, site diagrams, stuff like that. It's you learn all of that stuff plus the stuff you're great at, then you become the so uh, really rounded person that can then teach and, and guide people into uh, into the place where they really need to be at. So that's why I went back to school to uh, to get that other part. And and now I'm just you know I'm t- turning super saiyan over here because I'm learning all this. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I learn I make it a point to learn three hours a day, and uh, school keeps it keeps it pretty close to that. So. I may, you know, do two hours of school and two hours on the internet, but I have to learn. I'm always in Linda. I just learn, 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 learn. So, how long have you? Uh, how long have you been at Full Sail? Uh, two years. Okay. Going on. And it's a, it's yeah. part. It's like a, a four year program. I'm guessing, right? Yeah, it's a four year program. Um, they took some of my credits for my engineering degree, so I got to cut down to like, I think. Two and a half, three around there. Okay, uh, so you're pretty much almost done. Yeah, I should be out next year and next year. I, I don't know exactly know because I've been keeping up with that part. I just do the work and hopefully get it right. 
But uh-huh. I got a, a 4.0 so far, so keep it that way. <laughs> oh, nice. Congratulations. That's good. It's, it's interesting. I, I taught uh, I taught web design for about two years through DeVry University, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it was always interesting to me kind of, I guess, how web education works in sort of a, uh, I guess, collegiate setting because for a lot of people, I think, that have been designing for maybe five, ten-plus years, we're all sort of self-taught because there weren't mm-hmm. these educational programs to sort of teach us, like, no. how to design. Even, if, I guess, unless you were classically trained in art, it might have helped you along to get into the medium. But sort of like you, I started out, I had a math background. And my my uh, bachelor's degree is in math. My master's degree is in telecommunications management. And I've sort of been doing design all the way since then, like from maybe like the early, let's say early, say maybe like the late 90s to now. I've just been mm-hmm. doing design and iterating and better, better, better. But it, was, it wasn't until I started teaching that I really saw design in like a different light. Because when you're self-taught, right. I think that you uh, – you sort of, you know, internalize and sort of take the information in a different way, but then when you have to spit that out to someone else, you have to sort of change your language and change your thinking to reach that person's viewpoint. Um, I know with DeVry that their curriculum was, was severely lacking. Um, and I'm assuming that Full Sail is probably a lot more up-to-date in terms of yeah, the, the methodology and the, the tools and stuff. Yeah, it's very up to date. I mean, when when you do research pro uh, uh, when you do research uh, projects, they give you live links to stuff to people that you follow on Twitter. It's like, here, go read this article. This guy knows we talking about, and I'm like, well, I follow this guy. I already know who he is. I've probably already read this article, and you come back and do a report on that. It's like it's that real. It's 100% real time. It's not like this is what HTML is. It's this is what responsive is and why we're using it. Uh-huh. So that's that's the the big difference there. So it's 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 really good as far as that. But yeah, the, the, I'm sure Devry was like cut and dry uh, type, you know, b- textbook stuff. It was very it was very bureaucratic. Actually, when I first started, they were still teaching tables as an effective oh, no. <laughs> as an effective page layout method. And this was in 2010. And I remember oh. going to my going, and I remember going to the dean and telling him like, you know, we don't use tables for page layout. <laughs> we use CSS, and he's like, really? Well, I guess we have to think about how we need to revamp the course, and you know. But the thing is that because there's all these levels of bureaucracy, that would take several right. sessions. So, so I would just teach the students anyway. Like, you need to do this with CSS. Don't do table based design. <laughs> If you do table-based design and you make a portfolio of these pages and you try to get a job, you'll be laughed out the door. Like, don't do it to yourself, you know. And and most of my students were were uh, were minority students too. So I was, I'm not saying that the Bible was trying to set them up for the fall, but I'm like, look, this is what you need to know. Don't go by this. I, like I work in the field. This is what you need to know. Which you know that often had uh, <laughs> that often had mixed results, but. For the most part, it's good to hear that that full sale is. I wonder uh, what other schools out there are really 
doing it well in terms of uh, web design curriculum because I think more jobs now are starting to look for that. Yeah. For you to have some sort of a design degree, it's not necessarily all about, uh, at least it doesn't seem that way, that it's all about the portfolio and the experience. They also want to see that you have the the education with it as well. Yeah, I mean, because your portfolio could be, you know, totally great, but if you don't know how to, if you don't know what a Apple HIG is, then, you know, you'd never get a job as a mobile developer or a mobile designer. So right. just exposure to stuff like that. I mean, they basically, it's almost like a job. It's like, here's, if you had this job, this is what you would do with this job. Let's teach it to you. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, okay, mobile design. You're a mobile designer. You got to get familiar with these two HIGs, Android, Apple, learn them, figure them out. We're going to test you on it. Guess what? When you get that job, the first thing I'll ask you, do you know what the Apple HIG is? And you're going to say, yep. And then you're in. So it just, it, it, it's, it's really live. I mean, I really like it. So I would have, I would have left a long time ago if it wasn't as good because I have so much stuff going on. But, you know, I actually learn. And it's, you know, it's not like sitting down in a chemistry book and saying, what are these elements in the table? I don't really care. Uh-huh. This is like, this is like, hey, this is how you do a wireframe for the next project you're going to make some money off of. So, need that. Okay. So, you've been able to take that, uh, the, you've pretty much been able to take the knowledge you've learned from school and directly apply it to the work that you're doing now, which is every day. Really every day. Yeah, every day. I mean, I, and, you know, you bring that to a client and it's just like, you know, you do blow their socks off. I mean, and the portfolio you build in the thing is ridiculous. It's like you've got you've got Apple wireframes, you've got Android wireframes to show, you've got uh, UX wireframes, you've got mood boards, style guides. I mean, you name it. You have this huge portfolio of stuff you did. Uh, you know, the stuff's fiction. It's fiction because the companies that give you are fake, but you don't do a good job at it. You can show it to people. Mm-hmm. Nice. So with all of this, I guess, where do you see yourself in the next maybe like five to ten years with the way that your that your education and your career is progressing? My goal is to open up a front-end shop that is uh, just handles front-end work for uh, application shops that build apps or startups who need just that that kick, you know, I just need this design and then this app done. And, you know, once it's created, I can take it back and, you know, work with it because I have my design. And you give them, you know, your style guides, everything they need so they can just redo the design or however they want to do it and little bitty elements and, you know, just work with companies. Have you ever heard of the nerdery? Yeah, I've heard of that. So it's something like how the nerdery works. They're a software agnostic company that, serves a lot of other companies but just does their design, like their front end design, their um app design and and does the front end development so they get it right over to their developers and the developers can do all the crazy stuff. That's where all the money is really actually spent. So uh just working with a lot of companies doing that. On the reverse side, it's gonna be two sides of this company. The company is going to be doing that type of work, front end work. And on the other side it's gonna be a school. And the school is going to actually uh it's actually going to be kind of like full sale, but a lot more advanced than like today, today. So if something changes tomorrow, the, the kids are going to learn about it today. So it's going to be really, really fast. A guy named Dan Mall is doing a school. 
um, called Super Friendly. And mm-hmm. it's something along those lines. I had the idea a long time ago, but he's actually started doing it. And uh, I believe he lives in the ha- in the house that he's doing the school from. But he is it's a you know 100% real time stuff. Is this is designed today? This is how it's changing. This is the debates that are happening. He, he teaches people to up to speed, and then he lets them go. So that's that's what you do. You just you know you you take somebody in, you tell them exactly what's happening uh in the world and and how we're where we're we're going and then you let them pick their path and then you either hire them or you find them a job so that's kind of what what I'll be trying to trying to do in about 5 to 10 years hopefully in somewhere in North Atlanta okay cool i i i think i heard about super friendly cuz he started that maybe about i think like maybe 2 years ago it's been yeah, yeah, like a year or so. It's like a it's year really, or so, yeah. Yeah. It's uh he's uh I think he's in Carolina. I'm not sure. North Carolina maybe. Mm-hmm. South Carolina. I'll have to check that out. But yeah, so, so if, he, Go ahead. No, go ahead. I wouldn't really go say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say if so with with I guess knowing all of that and, and maybe this you've already sort of answered this question, if if you could choose any space in the world and sort of create your own design for like put your, your thumbprint on it, where would it be and what would you make? Um I think right now I'm working on this res- responsive process that takes an agency waterfall and takes agile software development and puts them together and creates uh this new process that if I can get everybody to to follow it would make it a lot easier on the client and a lot easier on the designers and a lot easier on the developers cuz the the agency wears you down when you're a, a web designer if you're a web designer they think that you can take this whatever this junk they got from the client is and give it to you and create this beautiful mock-up that everybody's going to love. And then when you take it, they want you to, hey, you know, you designed it, now turn it into a website. So you have to take it and you have to slice it up to HTML and you got to work all the bugs out of it and hopefully you got all the looks right and you got to launch it. But mm-hmm. no one told you how this process was supposed to work. They just kind of threw you in the middle of it. And that's how all agencies, mm-hmm. agencies handle web designers. They're just now coming around and saying, hey, there's two different things here. We can either have a designer or we can have a front-end developer. So now they're kind of splitting the two, but at the same time, they're still giving them 80 projects a piece to work on. And, you know, so people are so busy in their little silos that nothing ever happens, um, interacts in between the two and causes, uh, you know, really bad design, really fast uh, crack code and, and it's just a process that they need to really just look at. So this is a new responsive process that I'm really trying to push forward. Um, and if I can get it to stick, then uh, I think that's kind of what I'd be working towards, uh, I guess, getting recognized for. Mm-hmm. So well, I, I wrote it's certainly, it's certainly. It. I, yeah, I read that on your on your site. I think it was, it was Death to the Waterfall or Death of the yeah, Waterfall yeah, yeah. or something like that. So uh, I'm, I wrote an article about it, and I'm doing a user case study right now with a company in uh, in Atlanta. 
mm-hmm. I don't know if I can say who the company is because I haven't gotten them to uh, release, gotten a release for the user case study. But if when it's done, it's going to be the whole process with the examples and with the exact time it took to do these things all the way down to the uh, final result. Because based on the waterfall process, man, it's just like, oh, so so horrible. <laughs> so I guess aside from, from all of this, are there any sort of personal projects that you're working mm-hmm. on that you can share? Um, No, because... I mean, it's just my site. I really, I really do a lot of stuff for a lot of people that I either don't want to show or I don't think they'd let me show because it's kind uh-huh. of like well, we thought we want to look like we did it. So it's I don't have I don't have anything to sh- to show at all <laughs> except my website. That's why <laughs> I did it because uh, I'd be like all the other front end developers are like, hey. I'm a great friend of developer. Come on, site. Oh, it's coming soon. But you don't. Yeah. You can't be like that. You have to. You're even if you don't have a portfolio, don't put a portfolio up. If you're a really good designer, then make a really good site. If you're a really good developer, make a really cool developed site that does some crazy stuff, and let that be your portfolio. I can't. I can't. I mean, if I was a, if I had my own company, then yeah, I would have a portfolio. But I don't have my own company. I work for other people, and that's just. And it's always teams, you know. You have to have a team to make something as great as, uh, you know, a, a product site that sells apps. You can't do it by mm-hmm. one person. So if I put myself in the portfolio, not times out of ten, I didn't do all of it. So I don't want to really take claim for that either. So, but um, I'm working on a lot of apps and stuff too. So those are in the uh, in the works. If you do see an app out, I have my name on that. <laughs> <laughs> Are they like iOS, Android? They are all three, and they're personal apps that I'm working on um, that are not uh, not team based and not uh, through companies. So I'm working on my own time, my own dollar. But yeah, they'll be on all okay. three: uh, Windows app, uh, Windows Apple, and uh, and uh, Linux. Okay. Oh, so web apps, not not necessarily mobile apps. No, no, mobile apps, mobile apps. I just oh, okay, it. okay. It the Android system reminds me of Linux a lot, so it's like new Linux on a phone to me. Just I got gotcha. you. So buggy. <laughs> I, I I know that um, there's like an Ubuntu OS that's running around for a few phones. I saw something about it maybe a few weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how. I don't know what kind of penetration that's going to get in the market, but I saw that that in the Firefox phone. I can't get my hands on a Firefox phone. I've been trying. They have them on eBay <laughs> for like six hundred dollars, and I'm like, really? You paid like a hundred wow. dollars for the thing? Wow. But I'm so I'm gonna get one, wh- and I'm probably not gonna like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can always get it. You know, test it out, put it back on eBay, sell it again. Someone will buy it. <laughs> probably why. Probably why they're on eBay. <laughs> right. No one's gonna use this. <laughs> so where can our, our readers find you online? Uh Twitter, um at Nathaniel Deal, N A T H A N I E L D E A L. Or just type in mm-hmm. my name. Uh I started out as an SEO um uh, before I actually got like I said, I like numbers. 
So before I actually got in design, I actually started doing SEO. And I'm all over a lot of SEO blogs, uh, so you may find some of that old stuff. But uh, my personal goal was to take over the front page of Google with my name. So if you have my name in there, you will find me somewhere, along with the governor who has the same name as me. But I managed to push him off the page. Um, I saw that so, when I was when I was doing my research. I saw that. Yeah. So <laughs> I actually got a, a funny story. Is I got a call from them. Thought I was like Google bombing the the when I was doing all this, they thought I was Google bombing because they got so many Google alerts with the president's name or the uh, governor's name in there, and I was like, no, this is my stuff. And they were like, well, you can't like, have like 150 instances of your name show up all of a sudden. I was like, yeah, I can, because that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to overload the system so that they would just rank me for everything. And uh, uh-huh. they actually called called me one day and was like, hey, you need to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, man. Well, well, oh, yeah. thank you so much for uh, for taking time out of your day for the interview. I really appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for listening. If you like this interview and would like to be interviewed for the website, uh, contact us. We'd love to interview you. Uh, just send us an email, mail at revisionpath.com, or you can contact us through the website at revisionpath.com. Uh, We're also doing sponsorship opportunities now, so if you're interested in sponsoring the Revision Path podcast, either episodically or exclusively, just, again, send us an email, let us know if you're interested in advertising your business, and we can make it happen. Thank you again so much for listening. Check us out at revisionpath.com, and we're also on Twitter and Facebook as well. Peace.